0: We're starting, we're to kill. We're rolling. We're good. No three, two, one, go. We're just they didn't even give the, me notice. But it's right fair. from the jump. No. <laughs> uh, so I started programming for uh, Trey's son Ace. Yeah. Yesterday, how's that? I, well, walked out yesterday. I used to just went the trash to the road And Trey's garage, faces towards my house, and he was outside training doing it? Yeah, he said, "Uh, I think I think he did pretty well." He said, "Is already that?" He texted me at night. He's like, he's saying that his leg is already, sore, already from, sore from working out." What and were you
1: kind of supposed doing?
0: So... How old is he? Ace is 10. Maybe he's turned. I know his birthday's in July. 10? I don't know. Maybe he's about to turn 11. 10? So what is that, like, 5th grade, grade? He's, yeah, he's yeah. grade? Yeah, he's in 5th grade, yeah. So i say it's more baseball-centered work because mm. he said he didn't want to play football this year, and Trey was basically like, I'm not... You're not going to sit around for the next 4 or 5 months you do not doing do anything. I got to do something. And so with... Especially kids at his age, they don't really have any lifting experience, and it's weird. It's like late elementary school it's like, middle school... It's crazy, like, how much they start to lose body awareness so yeah. quickly. You know, like, at a young age, you know, you, they all squat pretty well. Like, you know, Cooper, if you totally to get into a squat, it's, like, a perfect squat. Or even, like, Claire could still squat really well. well. But it's, like, as they get into, like, middle – like, that middle of elementary school into middle school. They lose it a little bit. Well, you're, like, hey, like, do a deadlift, right? And they, like, have their back all rounded yeah. out. And they're, like, all right, flatten your back out. And they don't know how to flatten their back out because they don't know how their body moves anymore. I guess maybe as, like, they're kind of growing more and more, they're just – they're not using their body the same way, so they're kind of using, they're losing that functionality a little bit. And so, it's all simple stuff uh, for the most part. We had him doing some high-hang power cleans. Okay. Just gonna think of like for athletically, it's a, it's a really good movement for any athleticism, and it's relatively easy to coach overall. Uh, he did like some goblet squatting, kind of getting into a little bit of squatting patterns, um, some landmine pressing, some ring rows, and then like some agility work. Okay. So look, he's only doing it twice a week, so kind of full body for the most part, and then with some agility, we're kind of throwing in afterwards, That's kind of explosive to. and power. So it'd be interesting to see kind of if he stays wonder, consistent with that. it.
1: I wonder if he ends up liking it.
0: Well, I guess I kind of walked over there for a second, and, and Trey was saying he was telling him, you know, it might seem boring at first, but as you start to see progress. Start to light it up. A little That's when you'll kind of start liking a little bit more, like, oh, God, I'm doing a, do a little bit more weight this week or did a few more reps. And you kind of have that little inner battle every single week to kind of like, do a little better than you did last week. Yeah. And uh, so it'll be interesting he's to see. right? Yeah, he's competitive. He's competitive little mm-hmm. cool yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, progression wise, how he does. If he stays with it for, you know, because they start baseball like in February or something like that, okay. February, and March. So he's got time. He's got time. So it would be interesting to see if he sticks with it, how well that'll transfer over to next so he's season. Good.
1: That'd be cool to like see like him actually like, I mean obviously I mean I probably won't be watching him play baseball, but like, pedophile. If, <laughs> exactly, like if he were to do like way better next year, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder how excited that would make him feel. Yeah, it's got to like, be a little say it's, like, a Home run or something. Yeah.
0: You know? Well, I know Trace that he's kind of looking to maybe try to play shortstop okay. at some point in time, but the thing is like with Ace, he's uh, so he's good at like bait, like he can hit well, he can throw well. One thing he's very he's much lacking is speed. Okay. I'm like, well, Trey, so he don't he didn't have the best an extra teams. speed, Trey. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's gotta work on that a little bit. Um, especially you wanna play something like shortstop, you gotta be agile yeah. and pretty quick on your feet. And so uh, that's Which one thing he's got to right work now, on. Like first base? Yeah, I think he pitches, I think he plays first base. And he might play maybe third base a little third. bit. I'm not sure. I know for sure he pitches and plays first base. He might I play, see one play one more Yeah, something got like that. Strong arm maybe. Yeah. And so no, that would be fun. Uh, I the hate
1: camp- third base, man.
0: The, uh, what do I they call it? The, uh, the what corner?
1: Uh, I call it the death corner because that's, that's what it is. It's something corner, like the hot corner, <sighs> hot corner or, something. or something. But I remember, I, literally, my first game ever on third base, I think the first two batters just line-drived it, ground her right to me, and I'm like, all right, this is, this is not my place to be right now. I was like, put me back in the outfield.
0: Well, the fastest point from point A to point B from this, this, third, this third base. Third. I, mean, I guess other than maybe, like, I mean, pitcher Maybe you're a
1: lefty or something. first. But yeah. it's not very
0: often you get hit directly to the pitcher. Sometimes uh-huh. you do, but... I hated that. Do you watch any of the... Well, I guess the All-Star game wasn't on last night. It's the night before. Oh,
1: uh, the NL, the A-L thing? The yeah. I didn't really watch it. I, I told you about the highlight thing, mm-hmm. about the NL. Like, they got robbed, Robbing. like, two home, two home runs or whatever, and they ended up losing the game. Um... I don't really watch that too, too much. I saw the dude on the home run derby set, like, some crazy record
0: or whatever. We had, like, 41.
1: 40-something. 40 in one round. I
0: didn't even know that dude's name. Never so even heard of it. I saw – somebody had – I saw, like, a reel, and the guy was like, here's four things that I would change to make the home run derby better. And I I agree with things. So used to back in the day when I used to watch it as a kid. So right now it's three minutes. Mm-hmm. You have three minutes to do max home runs in the round in – Anywhere in the three minutes, you can call timeout, take a break, take a 30-second break, and then go back in. And, yeah, you see a lot more home runs, but the only thing is, though, it's like when I watched it, they had 10 outs. Mm -hmm. So, essentially, if you didn't hit a home run, it was an out.
1: Yeah.
0: So, the only – That's how – Huh?
1: I'm pretty sure that's how I
0: watched it. Back in the day. Yeah. So, now it's just time. Okay. But the only thing is, and once the guy made a good point on the reel, was you don't really get to admire any of the home runs because it's such a rapid fire it's thing. It's so fast. Like they're they're assume, doing,
1: you don't even get to see the ball go out the park. They're exactly. Like you don't
0: get to appreciate off. the distance or the power they're hitting the home runs with because they're they're literally hitting home runs like like last I think when I watched it, they'd hit like three or four home runs within less than ten seconds. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you can't really admire can't any of them. That. And the camera angles and the cameras trying to watch the guy hit, but every time he hits one out. The guy's pitching the next pitch because it's about rapid fire, and so he's like, "Go back to the ten thing." That way, you can admire the distance of like each home run, and right? And then, like, even like back in the day, like Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, all of them were hitting home runs. Like, they'd hit a home run, they sit there and like watch it go. Remember everybody was freaking out, like, "Oh my god, did you I didn't see, see
1: that ball?" Dude, I remember we used to watch it, and I don't remember what field it is. I think it's maybe the, the Giants, maybe, but they would hit a ball, and they had a river over their stadium. And so, like, that was the coolest thing to see them hit the ball over the stadium. you in San Francisco? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's the, the bay. Stadium. I yeah, it's ball. in the bay. Um, and I just remember always seeing them, like, if they got in the water, like,
0: mm-hmm. me and my friends would lose our minds. Boy, they had those guys in the canoe. Yeah. And, like, everybody, everybody would jump out of the canoe <laughs> to swim <laughs> yeah. to go get the ball. Yeah. Uh, so I think they need to bring that back. I don't really, here's some other things that it wasn't quite uh, as the most critical, of, like, the structure of it. But other thing, the guy was like, quit having 13 year olds. Shag fly balls. They're going 115 Did miles you an see hour. Hit that kid in that face.
1: I don't know if y'all. Okay, for all of you not wondering, this dude hit a line drive to like center left field. I think it came off the bat like 110 it's miles an hour. 115. 115. 115 off the bat and hits this kid. I'm talking square in the face. Like just hits the ground and you can't help but laugh. But you know, like that's leaving a mark. I wonder if he
0: like broke his orbital bone. I would
1: imagine his cheek or wherever hit him is broke. Stuff like There's, that. No so. There's no way it's not. There's no way it's not. Because the MLB balls, are, they're, they're
0: hard. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, real quick before we move That's into the topic, weird, by the way. So, I mean, the cross game's got to be coming up here in about two weeks, two three weeks.
1: three, three, three weeks? weeks.
0: I think yeah. Monday it was three weeks. You got
1: any uh, picks? Um, Bye I'm girl. faithful dog.
0: What Justin Maderos? You still think he pulls out three times Rolling in
1: a row? With I mean, no upset. Too consistent. I haven't seen him have a good <coughs> workout. That's true. You know, like, I haven't seen him place in, like, the 30th. Or, the like, thing is, like, like,
0: and I guess it doesn't really matter, but the semifinal, he got, what, like, fifth, sixth?
1: Fifth, but, I mean, he got, did that last year, you know? Is that what he did like, last year, he, too? He became, like, he <clears> got, <throat> third last really? year, right? Um, so, I don't know, man. I, I just think he's too consistent to – like, I, I think this year if he can win two events, mm-hmm. he's
0: got it. He's got it? He's got it. Girl side?
1: All my picks are – they're not doing it. My out. pick was Matt.
0: Mal's out. Haley's um, out.
1: My pick was Mal at the beginning of the year. And, um, <coughs> I'm going to go Dark Horse. Not maybe not Dark Horse. I mean, she did really well last year. Emma Lawson. You
0: think she wins it? I don't
1: know if she wins it, but I bet she podiums. podiums again? I bet she podiums.
0: Everyone, I think a lot of people are picking Daniel Brandon to win it.
1: Daniel Brandon?
0: I just think she has a lot of hype around her. I like her. She can mentally maybe keep it together. but I
1: like her. I like her a lot. I follow her. Don't think she's winning. Don't think she's got it to win. I don't know. I think her I think her holes are too big for her. Maybe she, maybe she got better this year. I don't know. Um, I kind of like that Ariel Lowen. Lowen. I like her. It's kind of like a... Maybe like a dark horse. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as winning, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I'm to maybe go like lower hard Not
0: just has got handstand push-ups. I' huh? has <laughs> got handstand push-ups. She's screwed. Um,
1: but man, she just hits home runs, dude.
0: She does, but she, she also... Runs, it's either... Yeah, she hits home runs more often than not. Like she'll usually finish the top five, pretty consistently. But if she'll have like two or three, it was like in the thirties.
1: Last year, that she was like in the twentieth, like twentieth something place. And then mm-hmm. the last two days, she wins like five Yeah, she climbed like, like super goes high. Like goes yeah. Crazy. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna go in Lawson. That's what we might pick this year for the gals.
0: How old was she? Like seventeen, eighteen?
1: Yeah, mouse age. This is crazy. And I mean, she was what second, first for a long time last year. So yeah. I'm gonna go with her. Yeah, that's a good pick.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't keep up with it quite as much as I used to to really like put like a definitive answer. I mean, I think I'll suggest is a safe pick. I think if Pat Vellner can put it together, I think he's always a good favorite. The only thing is though, but he doesn't ever like.
1: Shits the bed at least He can't
0: put everything together. When I say
1: shits the bed, shits the bed. Mm Like.
0: 38th. He always... it's always the first thing in out yep. the gate. He'll play like a 35th or something. Because then after...
1: They're, they're on after duty. He, he kills it. Like he's 10th, mm-hmm. 5th, 6th, 7th. Like, if geez. he
0: can put it together, he could probably win it all. He's got the the well-runness up across the board to do it and he's got the body frame to do it. It's just a matter of putting it together. Um, I think he um, the same podium on guys last year. Same thing? Yeah. We know Ricky this year. Okay. Somebody knew he's got to be bumping in there.
1: Oh, surgery. Surgery for Ricky.
0: Ricky's not there, dude. Oh.
1: That changes
0: everything. Did Pat get second last year? <clears throat> who? Pat. No, it was Roman. Oh, Roman did, and then Ricky. You think Roman put it again? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That dude's good. That dude's really good. Mm-hmm. I think. He, I mean, if anybody beats him, I think
1: I think it'd be Roman. I think. I think if you picked anybody but Justin, it's definitely
0: <clears throat> you know who I think places top ten. Kind, of, I, and it's not a dark horse, but I think he places top ten. Is that Luke, Luke Parker guy?
1: Luke, you think so? I think you so. Think he does that well. I think
0: he places top ten. Really? Yeah.
1: That's impressive. that that's a dark horse for sure
0: for a top tenner.
1: Um, you just saying that
0: I just think he's got it. He's unless he just has some game holes I have, really haven't seen yet. I just feel like he's pretty over, like he's got he's pretty strong, solid. he's pretty solid all the way around. Even his engine's pretty good, really.
1: Um, I mean, he works with Mayhem. I mean, I think he did it the right way, like he did team for a mm-hmm. while, like got built the base, and then now he's going into individual. Um, that'd be cool because I, mean, I mean, I followed him for a while, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think you see the same shit. I don't know who replaces the third or second spot,
0: but not know. You don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't keep up with enough, like as much as I used to, to like really give definitive answers on that. And dude, even remember, so, I, like I remember I
1: used to keep up with it to where like I knew first through fortieth. Yeah, like, even from <laughs> like everybody. everybody's name. Yeah.
0: Anyway. I don't keep up as much as to, uh, to get a definitive answer. Like I know, like, I know like the biggest names, obviously, but
1: now you know I'm excited to see that Jake Douglas dude. Oh, God. From, like, Australia?
0: That massive dude. I want to he see him. He is so massive. I want to see
1: him do so well.
0: <laughs> if he, He's going to get a lot of stuff. I want to see him does.
1: do so well, man. He looks like a just unit.
0: Because any dude who kind of, like, looks the part and does really well, oh, he gets. Up. I, what do you think the reason why Justin Medeiros doesn't get the hype? Like, he, like for instance, does Matt he? Fraser and Rich Ronnie did. I
1: think it's because you don't see him winning.
0: Winning anything? Winning anything.
1: You don't see him winning an event, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see... Like, same thing with, like, T and all. All these high-level... Like, they win events. Like, they don't just... And they dominate, right? I think Justin is, like... He dominates, but, like, in his own way,
0: right? He, like, he does. He dominates, like, I don't eats, know what it is. Right? Like, even... Like, he's won the past few years and super consistent.
1: And he's also not that cocky. He's All not these that other cocky. Are cocky right?
0: yeah. He's not that cocky. Like you talk to him, he's pretty chill for the most part. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna go out there and do my deal. Yeah. He's like
1: he's more of like a goofy here to have a good time, but I'm also gonna kick your but ass and have a good time. Yeah, the him. perm
0: mullet thing. Yeah, and, and also like when he takes a shirt off, he doesn't look like a dude that'd be the fittest man doesn't, in the world. Doesn't look
1: that fit. But he's, like Matt Frazier never looked like super fit while he was winning cross country. games. No,
0: but I think he was just the reason why he had so much hype is because he came in with a lot of hype. Yeah. And then he backed up by like Fucking crushing Crush. everybody yeah. by like humongous margins. Yeah, and so Madera doesn't quite have that. Like he's also, winning, but he's not hu- winning by humongous humongous margins. And
1: also, I think that more people knew the bigger names when people like Rich and Matt were in it, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like you, like more people knew like the Jason Cleep the the No Olson. Like everybody knows, and all of them are kind of like fading out now. Yeah, and so it's like the new wave. The new wave people. And so I don't think you see that as much, but. I don't know why he
0: doesn't get the love. I mean, even look at you look at social media following. He's got maybe like five hundred oh, thousand followers. You know, like he's not breaking a million. <laughs> yeah. Um, I
1: don't know. It's got to be that though. It's got to be simply he's like a humble dude. The humble dude's always finish last. Uh, <laughs> at least in sports. At yeah. least in sports. Like if you want the views and clicks and like popularity, you got to have something outgoing about you. And he's got the mullet, but that's all he's got. Oh my
0: god! Yeah. So, anyways, I know we kind of hinted at last week about talking about this topic. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of breaking down the difference between, like, muscular endurance and, like, aerobic endurance. And kind of, like, the differences of that, right? And so, you'll kind of – I mean, and everybody, to degree, has limitations in both of those areas. It just depends on which one you feel more or not. Or, like, you have maybe certain particular workouts where you're like, okay, I know for sure – this is the difference between muscular endurance and like aerobic endurance. So kind of breaking each one down as kind of like a, as a, as a definition, not like a scientific definition, but just like a general reference. So for instance, and it, and it honestly depends on the workout as well yeah. and the structure of the workout, but you know, if you're inside a workout and you feel like your limiting factor is like just my breathing more often than not, then obviously that would be an aerobic limiter compared to... If you're in the middle of a workout, and due to shoulder fatigue or leg fatigue or pulling fatigue, that would be more of a muscle muscular, muscular endurance fatiguing piece. So, and honestly, depending on the workout. So, like for instance, if it's run, row, bike, double under, yeah, it's not going to be you're a muscular a endurance muscular piece. Sense. Yeah, unless you have like an issue, with like your calves blowing up or your hamstrings blowing up for some reason. It's going to be an aerobic limiter for anybody doing that workout more often than not. But if you take a workout, let's say, potentially Fran.
1: Yeah. I was going to say Karen.
0: Karen. That could be an aerobic limiter or a muscular endurance limiter or maybe a combination of both. So, like, for somebody in – let's say you take somebody like Fran and somebody is, you know, pretty strong, has good movement quality, can do – 50 unbroken pull ups can do 50 thrusters at 95 pounds unbroken, but they get them the workout and they have to do this. They do a seven at Fran. and it's because they the breathing, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I can't, like a physical kiss can't catch my breath. I'll say it's an aerobic. Like they limit. just have
1: to take rest breaks.
0: Exactly. But let's say you take you know, like a more somebody, let's say you take somebody who is a cyclist okay. where they can, they've had high outputs, they have good aerobic base, but they're like, literally, my legs are giving out or my arms are giving out on the pull ups it's not that my breathing is no more an issue, it's more the fact that I, I like just can't, can't stay with I can't, right? I can't, get through the reps anymore because the, my muscles are failing me. Or even for instance, like for me, on Monday's workout with the dumbbell snatches and burpees,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I got to the burpee section about halfway, I felt like my breathing was actually, it was not like down by me because I was still breathing heavy, but I felt like it was my pressing, like coming out of the pusher like time that was becoming more my limiter than was my breathing becoming my limiter. And notoriously for me in general, Anything with high-volume pressing, whether it be – any type of pressing, whether it be like a dip, a push-up, or overhead, traditionally that is a limiter for me, right? Like if those things get programmed into a workout, especially with higher volumes, I know that's going to be a big sticking point for me, right? So, And you can kind of maybe even use that as more so of an idea depending on like when you see a a movement pop up like high-volume pull-ups or high-volume squats or high-volume deadlifts or high-volume pressing – what, being paired up with a lot of other movements as well, that you're like, shit, that's gonna going to be my bottleneck of the workout. Like, like for you, it was always like high volume depth. It's like, oh, shit. Like, so you have more of a, a hinging limiter. For
1: sure.
0: Um, and so that's kind of a way to kind of define it. Um, you know, I think probably more often than not, most people probably feel like, okay, well, it's more of an aerobic thing. Yeah. But it's not always the case.
1: But I, I bet people would be shocked. Because I feel like there's a lot more people that maybe think
0: that, but they're probably, like, lacking in muscular endurance. More so than they think right. they think so. Yeah, more than, more than people probably Especially think Especially like, your average gym-goer. Mm-hmm. I, I would almost guarantee that. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got to think, like, when you see... Let me ask this, like, do you feel like, for instance, male or female? I feel like when we have a male or female who comes in and has done a good combination of both like aerobic training and weightlifting training or muscular endurance training, like in the way of like they go and lift weights regularly and they do some regular cardio on a regular basis, that those end up being, especially out the gates, and the better people to start off with in sure. CrossFit compared to somebody's like one extreme or the other, right? Yeah. So more than that, we might see, you know, somebody coming in from an endurance background. And they might have a great row base, but they get inside the a middle of a workout, and, and they, they just don't right. do that great. Yeah. And then the same thing, you might have a guy who's done like, oh, I've just lifted weights a lot for the past 10 years. He's super strong, but he just has zero row base. Like, he does like 10 burpees, and is completely gassed yeah. out. And so, so it's just people who have a little bit of combination of both who do the best usually at the gate. But because of the fact they have that that muscle strength and muscle endurance to at least start – they actually end up performing pretty well to start off with. For sure. <laughs> you um, don't have to
1: build that base, right?
0: Yeah. So, and I think a lot of times, just with like, I think a lot of people think like, okay, aerobic base is, you know, if I go run or cycle or row more, like that'll improve my row base so I'll get better in workouts. Mm-hmm. In all actuality, in my opinion, like the, the two is lowest hanging fruits to start off with when it comes to that is movement autonomy, so like moving better in general, being yeah. more efficient with your movement patterns, one. And I think that's like huge. That's your number one out the a gate. Huge. That's your that's your lowest hanging fruit. For sure. And then, because it requires you to do really nothing more like not building more strength or not doing any extra cardio to improve upon that. You just really have to focus on either A, better mobility or just in general,
1: breathing
0: pattern. Maybe even slowing down for a short period of time for a little while to get better movement autonomy to be more efficient at certain movements. And then... B, getting generally stronger to help, A, moving more efficiently with those weight mm-hmm. loadings, right? So, for like instance... That helps moving smoother and mm-hmm. more fluid, right? Well, like for, let's say, for instance, you have 95-pound thrusters, and your max front squats 185 pounds. Well, 95-pound thrusters are going to be extremely mm-hmm. tough to for get sure. through, right? Because of the fact that I lack general strength. Compared to if I had a 275-pound front squat, those 95-pound thrusters would be a pounds. lot easier to get through. Right. And so that's what we're kind of meaning by that. So just because you feel like, okay, well, a lot of times it's my breathing is the issue, was I would still go to the original, like move better and get stronger to start off with. Before you kind of think about going out and just running forever. Now there are cases and scenarios where you have somebody, they're generally strong, where they can do pretty much every workout RX or, per, or brown or black, right? Let's okay. say that's the case scenario. Maybe this, maybe like some skills or things of that nature, but they're they're generally strong. Usually, it's not the weights are not the issue because like their maxes are well above what we normally use in most workouts. But you feel like they just, just completely gassed out very quickly, using that case scenario, and they move pretty well. Then yeah, it might be an aerobic limiter, mm-hmm. right? And so. So most people would usually, at least like, especially with me early on, would be like, for instance, like I always gas out on burpees or double unders or something like that, right? So your tendency is like to do a lot more a of those things, like just do EMOMs things. and burpees, thing, which is, which can't be done, I right? It's not
1: necessarily
0: bad. It's not that it's wrong, and you probably should do some of that, but I would do, that's like all you would try to do, <laughs> yeah. right? And there's a better way probably an easier way to go about doing it and that usually comes in the form more like a zone 2 cardio.
1: Sure.
0: Um, so, and obviously how much is obviously going to be limited on the person in general and how much time you can be willing to do it, right? Because the bad thing about zone 2 cardio is that it takes a while. Long
1: two. Zone 2 is not like something you could just do for five minutes.
0: No, it's not like, hey, I'm yeah. going to hop on the rower and do zone 2 cardio for five, ten minutes. and like, yeah. okay, I've, I've seen humongous benefits. Zone in 2 is that. like, you're,
1: you're sitting there for what minimum 20 minutes, Probably twenty minutes 20 plus. Minimum.
0: Yeah, so you're talking, and it's and it's kind of more boring work too, yeah. because essentially, what we mean by zone two cardio is like you have what I'm sure we've talked about this before, but okay. you have you have basically five zone heart rates. I think even some people say six, but based off a percentage of your max heart rate, which if you take two twenty minus your age is roughly about where your max heart rate will fall. Okay. Based off that number. You fall into a certain percentage of that heart rate will give you a certain zone output, right? So if you wear like an Apple Watch or like a Woot band, a lot of times it'll tell you like, Hey, you're in a you certain zone. So so long in zone whatever. Exactly, right? And so or you could use the more simple way would be without having a watch or anything like that to tell you exactly where your heart rate is, would be like essentially how well you can talk or breathe. So, for instance, more often than not, when you're doing like a crossfit workout, you're probably in zone four or so five. Yeah. More often than not, maybe like to have
1: a conversation. And
0: even when you're warming up, you're probably in zone three. Yeah. Zone one would be like we're doing right now, where you're basically at resting heart rate, you have no issues talking, we go back and forth no problem. Zone two would be essentially where I can probably still talk in full sentences, <clears throat> even maybe a couple sentences at a time. I maybe not, maybe don't want to quite talk that much but I could still have a whole conversation to a degree and for the most part I could still continue to, to breathe my nose if needed if you to. right zone three is kind of like that teeter-totter point like you maybe could you maybe couldn't it's maybe really tough to breathe through your nose you might have to every couple minutes like take a big breath through your mouth to kind of calm mm-hmm. yourself back down but zone two you should be able to pretty much exclusively be able to nosebleed breathe throughout that training session and so that could be done in forms obviously a biking rowing skiing running running probably being the hardest of those to to do do. because of the fact you're having support your full body weight compared to a bike or a rower where you can kind of support your body weight on the machine and just kind of moving throughout but you said even rowing it's like really hard for you to do that i feel like
1: rowing was hard for
0: me so Uh, i feel like i've done a couple times like with running and i felt like running was extremely difficult
1: Running's really hard but i think with running you just really have to notice like
0: how slow <clears throat> you really have you have it. to go really really slow like,
1: even like a, like a you know, jog,
0: almost at like like the walk almost
1: is probably too
0: fast well like you could even probably go like a a very brisk walk like you know like the mall walker uh-huh. kind of site type style and anything more than that you might spill over into like having a mouth breathe
1: because i remember, like on my like, <clears> when <throat> i would do all those long runs i would be looking at my phone mm-hmm. for my heart rate and you'd be surprised how high your heart rate gets just doing like a normal jog
0: like easy jog yeah like
1: an easy yeah. jog for like 10 minutes like your heart rate well even so
0: like out. I would go for a warm run and come back in my heart would be like a 110 yeah. or 20 right and that's a really hard heart rate to hold just nose breathing alone and especially with our weather right now it's already hard enough to do that sure. but even so though like I feel like running is probably hardest to do that with but spending time in that zone to to help build an aerobic base and it kind of sounds counterintuitive where you have to slow down to go faster like I remember even one time like Adam Walker told me that because Adam used to come here and do CrossFit and he kind of transitioned doing like marathons and Ironmans. And that was like one thing that was kind of mind blowing for him to start. was like, you know, to get better at this, these marathons and all this stuff, you have to slow, like, slow down.
1: down, especially coming from CrossFit to that yeah. like, where you're used to going fast. We're used, fast,
0: you're, fast, right? we're used to like pushing intensity yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't sustain that when you're running for hours at a time or moving for hours at a time. And so you have to kind of pull back on that. And you look at anybody who comes from like an endurance background, they're not used to intensity size, but they have a great aerobic base because of how they've trained that zone two heart rate, zone three heart rate for the most part. And so doing that probably twice a week would be advantageous for somebody to do. Mm -hmm. Um, If that's truly what they desire, right? And it still has a lot of health benefits from doing that, just regardless of performance benefits, just from a cardiovascular standpoint. Could also be beneficial as well, or even using that as like an active recovery day, right? So let's say maybe you don't want to work out on Thursdays That's or Sundays, right? You could go do that as like, hey, I'm going to go move for 45 minutes and do zone two. Cardio. I used to do that on Sunday. That, yeah. that was, Sunday was like my day for zone two. Okay, yeah. And so um, uh-huh. so even if you wanted to add in some extra movement, like on a, a quote-unquote rest day, you could still get it some quote-unquote training in without you beating way. yourself up. Because zone two training is really not all that difficult. No. You can do it's not it. a lot of
1: stress on your body. Well, you, can,
0: you don't even have to warm up for it, right? You no, can basically hop on a row or hop on a bike and immediately still. go into Zone 2 within a minute or two. You don't need to warm up for it. And uh, so that's – if that's truly what you're looking to desire to improve upon, and that's a great kind of alternative to doing that. Now, does that mean all of a sudden you do Zone 2, you're a Games-level athlete? No. Not by any means. There's still a lot of other factors involved in doing that. But if you look at any high caliber costed athlete, they're including that into their training pretty regularly, at least once or twice a week. Now I mean, not all year long. Um, I guarantee
1: in the phases, like they're doing it a minimum of once. I would
0: once. say the majority of like as they kind of get back into like a normal regimented schedule. Even if strength training is still like highest in the priority, they're still probably doing some type of form of zone two cardio on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And even as they're going into more like, hey, I'm getting ready to kind of go into competition season, they're still continuing to do zone two and zone like two cardio to help keep building an aerobic base. Um, but that can't be, like I said, you can't just like, hey, for the next six months, we we'll do nothing but zone two cardio. And, and, I come in, and then I come into a CrossFit workout. Now you're lacking muscular endurance. <laughs> now you're lacking muscular <laughs> yeah. endurance. And so there's a little bit of a balance there. Um, because a lot of those times what those guys are not lacking muscular endurance and most of those movements are lacking some of aerobic endurance there to a degree. Um, and so kind of flipping it on the other side. So like if you if somebody came to you, Kale, and they're like, okay, well, for me, my legs are just always a limiting factor for me. Like we'll get in the middle of a workout and my legs just burn and blow, like up blow up so easily in a workout where I don't feel like – I feel like I can keep going. My legs just won't go anymore how would you usually go about programming something like
1: that Uh, I would probably start by doing some sort of like squat imam so I know for me like just trying to build volume in the squat let's say like let's say just for instance back squat use back squat right Um, maybe start them off with like first week maybe they're doing like a, a back on? back on so back to it um, so, kind of how I would go about it is they're definitely going to be squatting a lot. <laughs> uh, but start it off like maybe doing some sort of like back squat imam to start the program. So maybe it's like a five, six minute mom in the first week, and maybe they're doing five to six reps of a percentage of their back squat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from there, trying as the weeks progress, maybe you're trying to either one up the minutes, okay, or up the reps on each minute. Um, but also you could do some fun stuff like maybe they do three sets of maybe 18 GHG hip extensions, and then they do an AMRAP of goblet skier squats, mm-hmm. right? Um, and every week, maybe you're trying to increase the weight on that, or maybe you're trying to increase the reps on that from week to week. Uh, something to layer in some sort of like volume into that right there. But also, like, for me, I'm trying to pre-fatigue your muscles and then have you do your AMRAP, right? Or pre-fatigue your muscles and then do your big set of like 10 to 15 reps of something. Sure. Um, that's how I would see it. I don't know how you would see that.
0: So, yeah, so I think, like, in, at least in my way, like, there's, there's there's more than one way to go about doing For sure. this, right? There's not like, like, this is the like only way to build muscular practice. endurance. There's multiple ways to go about doing it. So, usually, so, the way, I, I kind of think of it in, in three phases, where phase one being more so, okay, like, just building bigger sets and big volumes at one time. And that could be in form of, like, just bigger chunks at one time and or, like, cluster sets. Clusters. So, like, clusters know. are really good. So, like, for instance, let's say... I used
1: to use clusters a lot for, like,
0: upper yeah. body stuff. So it's kind of like thrusters being an example, right? Uh-huh. Let's say, like, okay, I, my legs are always blowing up, but, like, really, thrusters, like, really blow me up a lot, right? Let's just say that's the minute. Uh-huh. So, <clears throat> for instance, you could do, like, five to, five to five thrusters at... 115 pounds with 10 second rest between each cluster set mm-hmm. where essentially you're getting 15 reps in at one time but you're doing cluster sets or you could even do like 30 seconds of max reps for 30 second mm-hmm. break right so you're yep. building muscular endurance by doing it that way this, there's multiple options like we're so basically in my eyes during this one particular um, piece of the phase is just focusing on this one particular movement not getting paired up with anything, anything, anything else right you're just like trying to work on this one individual thing but in CrossFit, that's not usually how it that's works. How it it's not like your workout's like 100 thrusters for time, yeah. 100 pulls for time. And that being the one limiting factor. It's usually, there's multiple things that go on, just like I had this conversation yesterday with Nick, cause he was talking about his ring muscle ups filling on him, and got paired, uh, paired him up with some deadlifts, mm-hmm. And he was saying like, you know, his midline was really taxing on him and making the ring muscle ups really tough. But like the that's week a before. <laughs> huh? a bad combination. And then yet, like last week we had the 30 in the middle of the workout and he's like, mm-hmm. they felt great. And like, yes, it's not the same workout. And you're and same thing like for handstand push-ups. If I did handstand push-ups where it was like run, row, box jump, handstand push-up, the handstand push-ups would feel great. you are going to feel amazing. Right? But like yesterday, we did handstand, like wall walking and double unders. No Let's say it was double unders and handstand push-ups, they would feel like garbage. Mm-hmm. And so it's very dependent on what it gets paired up with. But resorting back to the phase, like the phase one process of doing it is like just accumulating more volume and reps in that one – individual piece without any other outside factors involved right and then from there you could you could do let's say you're doing the cluster sets you're doing a five five five, and you could take like a two or three minute rest the full recovery and then doing it again, again right the second phase of that being accumulating high volume sets with maybe like a monostructural piece right so now you're involving something with maybe a higher heart rate okay. so using mm-hmm. the thrusters example again it could be something like three sets Twelve thrusters at 95 pounds, <clears throat> 15 calories in the bike, back to 12 thrusters at 95 pounds. A miserable combination, but using that as an example, where you're pairing or running or rowing, whatever it may be, where you're you're pairing that movement up with a monostructural piece, mm-hmm. where you're not overcomplicating the system just yet. You're just essentially adding in a longer duration of a higher heart rate with good chunks of volume at one time. In doing so that, you're pretty
1: much getting used to doing bigger chunks of reps with a higher heart. rate. Yes, with the objective right? being
0: unbroken sets, right? Then the third and final phase being something a little bit more Metconny style, being paired up with either other leg movements or other movements that are gonna uh, compromise that movement in particular, right? And so we're pretty
1: taking the same muscle group, right? Kind
0: of what you referred to earlier. So essentially, once again, using the thruster as an example, it could be something where three sets with a woman rest for each set. It could be <clears throat> 10 thrusters, 10 bar and burpees, 25 foot front rack lunge back into thin thrusters. Okay. And then 10 bar facing burpees with a one and rest to each one. So you essentially, you're doing movements that are going, like I said, compromise that movement and already pre-fatigue the movement and continue to keep going through that for multiple weeks at a time to get the body used to accumulating more volume okay. and more pre-fatigue in that. I think so, a
1: good example of that would be like what, last Saturday's workout or mm-hmm. two Saturdays ago when
0: y'all did deadlifts and lunges? <laughs> so last Saturday. That's a yeah. That's a really good example. Yeah. I feel like. So like for instance, like say you, for instance, like, like your glutes you, are cramping up on like round two. Like that would be a bad workout for you take, right? Because be you notoriously person, have right? poor hinging endurance. Mm-hmm. Where you do deadlifts with burpees was already kind of a, a kind of a hinging pressing movement into a lunge. that's going to pre fatigue the glutes and the hamstrings already, mm-hmm. plus the quad, and you go back to deadlifts again, making it a worse movement now. So if you're already lacking endurance with that, then that would yeah, be
1: pre-fatigue me for my...
0: Worst movement. Worst movement, right. Maybe like me doing yeah. like the workout JT. Yeah. Right, I was thinking about JT like, in my head when we were talking about Like hands thing. and push-ups, mm-hmm. push-ups and ring dips right? or hands and push-ups being one of my worst movements. You paired it with other pressing movements, it's going to make it even Good worse, bad. right? Because yeah. I don't have great pressing endurance, or like, for instance, like thrusters and... Or wall balls and hands yeah. and push-ups.
1: And also, like, kind of going back to, like, one of the first things you said, like, all that stuff would be easier for you, right, if you had better shoulder mobility. Yeah, like, for me, like, going back to movement autonomy,
0: like, if I had better shoulder positioning, that alone would make the movement easier for me. So much easier for you.
1: Just just simply being more comfortable upside (laughs) down or more comfortable with the bar over your head, like, being comfortable in that position makes such a big difference.
0: (laughs) Well, you got to think, like...
1: Like if you're working in a front rack versus just relaxing in a front rack, two different things. Well,
0: if you break that down to more of like an elementary simplified version is if you're doing a handstand push-up or anything overhead and you have good body alignment overhead, you're able to breathe in that position Mm -hmm. so much easier. Compared to somebody like me where I have poor overhead positioning and I have kind of like that extended back position, Mm -hmm. (coughs) that makes it very difficult to breathe in. So if you accumulate multiple, multiple reps of that, your heart rate is going to continue to keep climbing. And any time that happens, automatically you're going to make the movement tougher for yourself, right? Same thing with the squat, same thing with the pull-up. The, the worse your movement mechanics are, the harder that movement's going to be already as it is. And so just by me continuing to keep working on shoulder flexion, can still help yeah, improve yeah, my hands, you know, push, right? Push. Yeah. It just, it'll just allow me to unlock the potential that's already there, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I, like, I already have a good enough prerequisite strength to do pretty well. I mean, I'm never gonna, like, atomically-wise, like, I'm never gonna be the best, like, I'm not gonna be like a Jacob Terry on hands. For, push. Sure, push. So, like, to, for sure. Just anatomy-wise, like, having, like, being a, a taller, your frame, and having longer limbs, like longer arms, it's just not an advantageous compared to like Sydney? No, like Sydney. the best of the world at yeah. for the like Sydney, right, who has more of that shorter compact frame where it's more of an advantageous movement for her, pressing-wise. And so, <clears throat> but unlocking the potential I already have currently without putting any more strength. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for instance, say I flip upside down, I can do 15 trick and push-ups by just solely increasing shoulder flexion. You know, I can maybe yeah. knock out you know 18 maybe 20 reps right. right just because you have better body alignment now eventually once the shoulder flexion has improved tremendously and you feel like okay that's at the range of motion it needs to be we're sufficient enough then from there say like, okay then you continue to keep working on like your muscles, muscular right. endurance and you can maybe do a little bit of combination of both those at one right. time depending on what kind of time right. that you can allow this kind of training and I think
1: that's what it all comes kind of comes back to right
0: well because i mean none of us here are professional athletes mm-hmm. And when we do podcasts like this, I think sometimes people can like okay, well that's great. You know, how would I even implement that into a I an mean, everyday, life. everyday life for me, right? Because I only have an hour, maybe max an hour and a half that I can allot to my fitness on a daily basis. And I would say that it's only a small slither of people because I, mean, I would say probably 70, 80% of people who are generally gym are like, that's good and all, but like, I'm not doing anything not more than that. Doing like, I ain't that, gonna do right. anything more than that. Like, I just enjoy coming getting a workout in breaking a good sweat, get a good workout in, and I'm, I'm deucing out for the day. But maybe you have like that 20% of the athletes here who are kind of like, okay, well, you know, I kind of like to take this a little more seriously and I kind of like to do better in workouts so and I can really see oh, that improvement and push myself. Right? Yeah. And so kind of like golf or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, where you kind of start like, well, I want to get my swing a little better Yeah, you know, want to start driving a little further. You're going to have to allot a little extra time to do that. Because sure. in yeah. our gym programming well we'll go through some different phases but you know it's just a blanket program it's not individualizing anybody in particular it's just one avatar like trying to hit these certain general principles on a consistent basis and it's just a blanket program but obviously if you individually want to improve this one certain thing you're going to have to do something to change that right right? yeah and if you're looking for the lowest hanging fruit when it comes to proving it's just like hey having better movement autonomy and moving better is going to be your best bet so that might mean either one of two things, either spending more time on mobility and stuff like that, where you don't necessarily have to do that here at the gym, but spending just more time Something. in general, whether it be at home. Which is, first of all, like, not just good for that, it's just good overall. Yeah, just for life in general. Right. Right? And or spending you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes before or after class in a non-fatigued state and focusing on movement in positions. right? So if I was trying to get better at thrusters, I might need to spend a little time like slowing down and going super light with my thrusters, like focusing on squat positions and front rack positions and spending time in that position to feel more comfortable there, right? Because For your sure. body's not gonna allow you to go to a position that's not comfortable with. And at the end of the day, you do have to spend time in those positions. If you wanna get better like at squatting, like feeling more comfortable in the squat, well, you gotta spend time in the bottom the squat, yeah, you gotta right? squat, and You can do every hip mobility, ankle mobility, you know, couch stretch you wanna do, but you still gotta spend time at the bottom of that position. And so that's your, without even doing anything tremendously more, that's something that could be extremely beneficial for most people, Mm -hmm. right? And then obviously depending on how much more time you want to allot, can depend on more bond work that you want to do, right? But it's all relative to what you want, what your fitness objectives are, and how much time you want to allot to training in a given week. You know, some people have more, some people have less especially, you know, maybe you don't have kids or maybe your kids are older in life or you're at a point in your career where you, know, you have a little extra time in your hands, then great, go out and spend a little extra time working on the things to improve. But this is definitely getting a little bit more into weeds of things for mm-hmm. some individual people. But, like specifics, but... But at least maybe you have the idea now where, you know, in the future, if I wanted to do something, i at least have a general idea or general game plan of how to go about improving Yeah, that. You know what I'm saying? I think this topic's interesting. I
1: don't
0: know. I've always found this kind of like interesting. Well I think like on a programming side of things like especially like on an individual programming mm-hmm. side of things this is kind of where that goes. Yeah. You know. This like, is where
1: like you can really have fun as like a programmer.
0: Well this like. is kind of like, like on a Hurricane X standpoint this is kind of where like the idea kind of comes yeah. from. Right. Where based off your limiters this is what X is kind of geared into is improving those limiters and usually that's the approach that we have to take. Mm-hmm. So like somebody... <clears throat> like Nick, who has way more of a complex system to evolve, right? Because of the fact that he's wanting to compete in the sport of crossfit, yeah. where and he has a lot of time and balling that he's willing to train at. That there's multiple things that we're continuing to keep working on because compared to where he wants to be, yeah, right. Like his goal of making crossfit semifinals. Well, there's certain markers that we have so to hit end, to get right? him there, right, and. We can't focus on everything at one time. But we can, we have to focus on at least a handful of things at one time to keep improving. And he has, obviously, his his things that he needs to keep, continue to keep working on. And so using that as like... like for Comparatively to the general average, he has great muscular endurance. He has great aerobic capacity. He has great strength. Sure. But compared to somebody who's trying to make across the semifinals, these things all need to continue to improve at the same time to make it to that point in time mm-hmm. compared to somebody who... You know, Joe Schmo comes to you and says, "Hey, you know, I really want to try to get better at pull-ups." Well, that makes things a lot more simplistic to, For sure. to train. Not just f- focus on pull-ups, right? One individual right. aspect, right? Where Nick
1: is, oh, Nick's more focused on pulling, pressing, zone two. Like there,
0: there's everything that gymnastics skill right? work. Like um, there's a lot, and then Nicks also like having, nice. how do you mix all these things together to not co- collide with each other too For much sure. towards still a smooth programming where he's still seeing. You know, it increases all these different things at one time. And you're not taxing the system too that's much in the process. That's probably the hardest thing. <clears throat> yeah, like being overzealous yeah. and programming too much volume can sometimes For be sure. a little bit more difficult than doing that's the definitely, of that. Definitely a hard part. <clears throat> yeah, and so
1: because you can get easily, I feel like get carried
0: away and just like get zoned in and just start programming shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can definitely throw a lot you know? of shit at the wall, and uh, but that's kind of the fine balance with all all this stuff. And I don't know. Was, I thought it was a kind of interesting topic to kind of to, to kind of jam on. I thought people maybe would like to hear that because I do think a lot of people don't realize. Because always more often you hear people talk about like, oh, I just can't breathe mm-hmm. in workouts, and, uh, and they're like, oh, you know, I improve, my, I need to improve my engine, you know, get better cardio in, whatever it may be. And a lot of times my argument would be probably be like, that's probably not always the case for most people. I would say the majority of people that's not the case as more so as we kind of refer to as. Okay, well, if you got a little bit stronger and you moved better, had better mobility. That would make the biggest difference. That would probably make your biggest difference just to start off with, because you gotta think, with the engine that you have, if every movement became 5% easier, how much, how much better your scores would be in the workout. Sure. Like, you go faster, how many round more rounds you could accumulate just by simply being more efficient to save energy. Right, because I think a lot of times, you're like, well, I can't breathe. Well, you just throwing more gas into the engine that has no wheels, it's not gonna go much further, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, to yeah, you gotta get better treads in the tires, be more efficient, so you gotta think about doing that first. And that would automatically aid a lot more. And also just for longevity-wise, it'd help out a ton as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would suggest for most of you guys, is, is focusing more on that alone. It's like moving better, have better mobility, focus on continue to keep building strength, and, and focus on those imbalances. And then once you've done that for a period of time, and that's something you always, to a degree, continue to always kind of work on. But once you feel like you've, you've spent a good amount of time in those buckets, then from there you can kind of say, okay, now let me kind of work on a little bit more zone two cardio in the process to help out with that. And maybe that, you know, increases me another five to 10% in my workouts, that's sure. So um, so hopefully you guys kind of enjoyed the, the, the topic. Anything else you wanna to add to that, Kale? I don't
1: think so. I mean, I think we kind of nailed that, to
0: be honest. So, Hype stuff up we're, we're going to go for, I think we'll be good on that one a slam dunking it huh? right, we, that's, a slam, that's a 10 out of 10 <laughs> alright so if you guys got any questions on that big topic come and see us as always if you guys got uh, or you know, if you know, we're always here to kind of help you guys even if you came to us and said hey I want to improve upon this we'll, we'll still give you guys suggestions and or you can do Hurricane X as well sure. you can always bounce ideas off of it's not like we're trying to like give you a sense like you got to sign up for Hurricane X like,
1: <laughs> Hurricane X or I'm not helping you at all exactly like, <laughs> we'll still give you yeah. like hey
0: like do this or do this but if you want more General structure, like hey, you don't want to think about it, like just tell me what to do, and I want it done like every week. Mm-hmm. Then you sign for it. Alright, sir, can Yep. So talk to you guys next time. Uh, probably, I don't know. Probably, we'll probably have one more podcast, and then we'll probably move into another strength cycle podcast. Yeah, so
1: Yeah.
0: We might do a podcast on that book I read. Which
1: one? The one we were talking about. Ready to move? Yeah, that'd be a cool. Yeah a podcast on that. That'd be cool. We both so, kind of been doing a little bit of
0: that. You obviously right. more than me, but. Yeah. So we'll go cool to you guys. Talk to you guys next time.